Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Between the Tees. I'm your host, Denny Walters. Uh, my co-host, uh, David Lutz, is uh, he's not here today uh, due to the uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic uh, and the stay-at-home order. We're all uh, situated at our different houses, so he, uh, he will be back on hopefully uh, soon, uh, as soon as everything gets lifted or where we can uh, get back together. So uh, until then, you're, you're stuck with me. Uh, before I get this episode started, I do want to raise uh, awareness. Um, one of my students uh, lost, one of, uh, lost their brother uh, this past week uh, to depression, unfortunately. Um, I can relate in so many ways because uh, I lost my brother uh, to depression. Uh, over uh, three years ago, and so I understand uh, a little bit about uh, what they are going through. So uh, Aaron Kepke, Cody Kepke, the Kepke family, uh, the Keatley family especially, uh, we are, are in your prayers, and uh, we hope that you guys can get through this, uh, and we'll go ahead and press forward. And also, uh, if you go to Between the T's uh, Facebook page, I do have a link uh, to a GoFundMe page uh, for Evan, uh, for Youth in Need. Uh, it's an organization in St. Charles, Missouri, that really does help uh, kids or people in general who are having issues, uh, whether that's depression, whether that's homelessness, whether it's uh, medical. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's a great organization. I really would appreciate all of my listeners uh, to jump on my Facebook page uh, between the T's and go ahead and click that link and donate. It could be a dollar, it could be twenty dollars, could be fifty dollars. It does not matter. Uh, any amount would help uh, youth in need and help these kids where they need it. So once again, our prayers are with you, the Cupkey family and the Keatley family. On another note, uh, obviously the PGA Tour is not playing. Today is Master's Sunday, and happy Easter to all my listeners and uh, or who are Christian or Catholic. Uh, but today was going to be Master's Sunday, so it would be kind of curious to know who would be winning. I have my thoughts. Uh, some... I have actually quite a few people who I thought could have won that tournament this year. Uh, Tiger Woods, obviously, would have been one of them. I, uh, John Rahm, I think, uh, could have had a chance. Uh, Justin Rose, who's one of my favorite players, uh, I think he could have had a chance. He's always came so close and then just kind of falls at the end. But it's, uh, it's a weird Sunday with no Masters tournament to watch. Now, I know it's going to be in November which is still odd, um, but hopefully they'll be able to get that tournament in and, and declare a 2020 Masters champion. But until then, I guess we'll uh, have to figure out what we're going to do uh, with the PGA Tour since there is no golf. I guess you can always watch on the Golf Channel past events. I think it tends to get a little old. I am at my house, by the way, so if you hear my kids running around, or if you hear my wonderfully annoying cat jump up on me, 
Uh, just ignore it if you can. Uh, I am going to interview my, my two awesome kids later just to get their perspective on kind of what's going on and how they're trying to deal with uh, not going to school and having to do school online. And hopefully they don't say anything crazy. Uh, but you never know. They're kids. So uh, as we're moving our, on through uh, this pandemic and being at home and not being able to leave the house, I do know uh, some states uh, you're not allowed to play golf or they close the golf courses. Uh, here in Missouri, they have not done that. And I know uh, more states have allowed golf because it is a very uh, social distancing uh, sport where you don't have to play with other people. And even if you do play with other people, you can definitely distance yourselves from each other and be able to play the game that we all love. But if you're not able to get out or you're not allowed to uh, play golf or the courses are closed in your, in your state or your area, um, there's great ways to find, uh, find ways to play golf uh, around your house, uh, inside your house. Uh, you can set up uh, putting areas or a putting game, like a little short golf course inside your house and make it a game. Uh, also thought about doing some, like a nine hole chipping course outside uh, around, the around the house so you can just chip around your house and make up uh, holes. It's a great way to actually get your short game in order uh, and get it improved. So if there's a blessing in disguise for this for golfers who can't go out and play, uh, work on your short games. Hard to work on full swings unless you have a net or a simulator. Uh, if you happen to have one of those, uh, definitely don't stop swinging. Uh, keep on swinging, and uh, if you do have a coach, uh, send them videos. Trust me, we want to teach. We still, uh, that's what we do. That's our passion, uh, seeing other people's golf swings and fixing them for them. So even if you are at home and you can't uh, do that, take a video, send it to us, and we will critique you. We'll, we'll give you uh, our insights on your golf swing to just help you do something while, uh, while we're not able to play golf. And when you are and courses are, are opening up, go ahead and uh, be ready to play. And hopefully the things that you are working on uh, do improve your golf game. And uh, luckily here, you know, we're still allowed to play. I know a lot of our driving ranges are closed, so I've gone to a lot of short game lessons and on-course lessons while still keeping my social distancing because we still got to keep ourselves six feet away. So, of course, I'm now yelling at all my students, which I guess I kind of yelled at them anyway, so they're probably used to it. Uh, but you're able to, at least I'm able to, get my students out, and we're working on uh, course management tons of short game, uh, and, and even trying to work on their golf swings uh, on the golf course uh, just to try to get some improvement and something going um, until driving ranges uh, start opening back up. There are some ranges that are still open, but at our golf course, at Bogey Hills Country Club, our range is closed uh, just due to uh, the availability of, you know, not being able to clean the golf balls properly and doing certain things. So uh, as soon as that gets back open, I'm going full bore, and I can't wait because I really want to get back on that lesson tee more than you guys uh, know. So, And I miss a lot of my students, too. I want to see them. 
I wanted to start getting their games improved, and uh, I just like talking with people. Uh, so that's why this is a little different, because I usually have someone I'm talking with, and I don't have that person here. So if I'm, sometimes I ramble, so maybe it's a good thing that uh, I can ramble on here, and uh, it sounds like I'm actually making some good discussion. But uh, yeah, as far as uh, the short game, uh, if you do have access to a putting green, um, one of the better drills that I like, I don't know if I would call it a drill, but it's, um, it's basically uh, you take four tees, you put them roughly two feet apart, so you make a square around the golf hole, and then you go three feet with a tee, six feet with a tee, nine feet, 12 feet, 15 feet, 20 feet. Once you get that set up, you take one ball, go to the three foot, and your goal is just to bake it inside the square. Uh, if it goes in, awesome. Uh, but the goal is to, every time you make one, you move back. You keep moving back all the way to 20 feet. If you miss outside of the square, you move one T forward. If you happen to make it through the whole entire drill, uh, go ahead and go back to three feet and then now they have to go in. So make it where the three foot and the six footer have to go in before you move back to nine feet. Once you do that, go to nine feet, make that one and then move back and so on and so forth. I've done this a lot with a, a, all of my students, especially my competitive ones. And it has improved their, their putting tremendously. And uh, I'm gonna jump into putting a, a quite a bit on today's segment because I think we tend to uh, take putting for granted uh, to a certain degree. Um, nothing's more frustrating for a teacher and for a golfer in general is to hit two great shots. Uh, let's just use an example of a 350 yard par four. So we hit 350 yards, two shots, and we got 30 feet left, and then we three putt. So it takes us more shots to go 40 feet than it did for us to go 350 yards. Now, if you accumulate that over a period of 18 holes, let's say we have 10 three putts. Okay, that's 10 shots, technically, or, or more, that you could have saved. So if we shot a 90 with 10 three putts, we could have technically shot an 80 if I had a pretty solid short game. Now, with putting, it gets very technical uh, to a certain degree. There are so many different ways uh, or putting techniques that teachers teach. I, I have a teaching preference when it comes to putting. Uh, Stan Utley might have a, a different uh, technique in putting. George Gankis might have a different. So there are so many different ways that people will teach you how to putt. The question becomes, is when we actually get on that putting green and, and putts start to matter, what's more important, the mechanics or the mental aspect? I tend to lean towards the mental aspect because I believe mechanics can get in the way where we get so mechanical that we forget about speed, we forget about aim, we forget about break, and then we wind up missing the putt. <clears throat> we may have made a perfectly mechanical golf swing or technical golf swing or putting stroke, 
but we didn't make the putt, and we're still three-putting. So a great way to combat that is, number one, uh, you have to be mentally strong to be a solid putter. When I say that, that doesn't, that means that you have to have firm belief that you are very good at putting. If you don't believe you're good at anything, are you really going to be good at it? No. But if you believe to a certain degree that you are a great putter, the tendency to for that ball to, to go in the hole becomes significantly greater. Uh, we start relying more on our capabilities. Our, our technique becomes easier. Uh, we're not fighting our, ourselves. Um, we start to understand how putting works. Uh, every day I go out when I play golf, I'll put quotes around that because I don't get to play golf very often. But when I do, I always believe I'm going to make every putt. I always believe that I'm not going to hit it 20 feet past. Those thoughts never cross my mind. I never try to get a negative thought in my head. If it does, I back away, reread the putt, and then proceed and just go ahead and start putting. So it is super important to believe that you are a good putter that you can make putts, and the technique and everything else will fall in place. Now, onto the technique side. Because we can be very mental and have positive outlooks, but if we don't have certain techniques in place, uh, we won't technically be that great putter that we're striving to be. Uh, one of the things that I've always uh, believed, and I still believe it, and I, and I teach it to this day, is without speed, break doesn't matter. Without speed, technically aim doesn't matter. If you don't understand speed, you will not make a putt. Uh, you will not understand break. And consequently, we will start three putting. So the first thing, if you are a bad putter or not a great putter, find out what exactly is actually going on? Is your speed good? Go to a putting green, throw three balls down, throw five balls down, throw ten balls down, doesn't matter. And see how your grouping is. See where that grouping is at. Are they always short by three or four feet? Or consequently, are they long? Four or five feet, six feet past. Or do you have that one that goes 10 feet past? If the answer is yes to either one of those, then we do have a speed issue. Meaning that we don't have the feel to understand speed. Speed is very hard to teach because it's all based on feel. So one of the questions I always get asked is, how do I, how do I understand speed? How do I understand, how do I make myself understand speed? For my athletes or for my athletic players, or if you have played a sport in the past, you tend to pick up uh, the understanding of speed very, very quickly. I always say, uh, relate it to another sport. For example, baseball. If you're throwing from shortstop to first base, there is a specific speed or throwing arm for that, comparable to throwing from the outfield to home plate, third base to first base, so on and so forth, and you understand what I'm saying. 
So if you understand those, those different, different variables in speed, you need to learn to apply that to your putting stroke. Like I said, it's all based on feel. So if you hit one 20 feet past, example, if you hit it 20 feet past, get another ball and try to hit it 15 feet past. Get another ball, try to hit it 10 feet past. And then repeat, repeat that process. Because at this point, it's not about making the, the putt, it's about learning speed. So you've got to learn the speed first. So always make sure uh, to do that drill if you have speed issues. Once you understand speed, then it becomes learning how to read greens. And that is another fun and exciting uh, area that uh, people tend to have so many different ways of how to, to understand how to read a green. Uh, is there a perfect way to read a green? No, I don't think there honestly is. Um, I think people have preferences. Uh, even aim point, for example. Plum bobbing, for example. Uh, just getting behind it and being able to read the green uh, based on visuals. <clears throat> so, excuse me. So all of those are actually really great uh, points uh, to be able to read a green. Um, you have to find what works, works for you. Uh, sometimes uh, people are like, well, I really don't understand where to look or how to, how to really, I don't even know where to start. Well, the first thing that you definitely should start with is looking at the surrounding areas of where your putt is at. So, for example, if I'm, if, if I'm putting to a left to right break and I can't really see that, I'm looking at the surrounding area. Is the left side of the hole, left side of the green higher than the right side of the green based on where my putt's at? Am I uphill, am I downhill? So that's the first thing that you should do. Once you get that, um, I found this to be very effective if you're a visual person. So what I'll tend to do is after I plumb bob, so what I'll do is I'll stick my putter up in the air and find the center and then figure out my guide of where uh, I need to play the break. Plumb bobbing is a guide. Aim point is a guide. These are all guides to give you an idea of how much break we want to play. Uh, and if you don't do either one of those, you can visually see this. So what I tend to do is after I mark my ball, I will walk right behind, uh, directly behind my marker, unless there's obviously someone behind me. But majority of the time there isn't. So what I'll do is I'll go from point A to point B. Point B being the hole, point A being my marker. If I were to draw that line, would the ball go in the hole? If it does not, if it's a left to right break, I will start moving that line. I start visualizing the ball going in the hole. If it's a four inch break, I'll go two inches. Does that go in the hole? No, it doesn't. Move it again. Until I actually finally visually see that ball going in the hole, I will then get my aim. If it's a straight putt, it's A, B. If it's a break, which most of them are, then there's uh, what I like to say, point A, point B, point C, which is the cup. So I'm always point putting to point A, or point B, excuse me. So I'm always pointing putting to point B. 
So if there's a four, five, six inch break, one foot break, doesn't matter how, how much break there is, I'm putting to the breaking point, point B. If I hit my marker, so I'm always, always aiming at something on the green that's in line with my aim or with my line. So I'm going to aim at that line. And if I hit it with the right speed, majority of the time it's going to go in. Uh, if I don't, no big deal. But at least I know I'm going to be close. Uh, Callaway came out with a great aiming tool with their new triple track. I would highly suggest uh, getting that golf ball if you have poor putting because that is an awesome visualization of being able to see your line. You can also get, uh, Callaway came out with, the triple track putter line. So now you've got the golf ball with triple track on it, and then you've got the putter with triple track on it. The great thing about it is, is when you set your putter behind the ball, you can now see if you're perfectly aimed where you want it to go. Uh, so if you're really struggling with putting out there, uh, definitely look at those two scenarios, if you, uh, the triple tracks, uh, if you can uh, afford it, uh, or you're, if you're looking for a new putter, uh, definitely look at the Odyssey triple track putter line. There's so many different lines or different styles out there underneath that triple track, so I would highly suggest taking a look at that. But do yourselves a favor. Don't take punting for granted. Uh, don't take your short game for granted. I've seen so many times where chipping uh, has caused issues as well in the sense of the bad chip winds up to a two-putt, which is, is no different, in my opinion, than a three-putt. Uh, so you're, always, you're giving up a stroke. You're, you're, it's a stroke given away that we don't need to give away. So as boring and as not fun as putting is or short game practice is, it's, it's obviously when you actually break down the stats – one of the most important parts of the game. So one of the things that I tend to do is I make a playlist, an hour playlist, put it on my phone, put my headphones in, and I putt and chip until I have, until that playlist is done. That gives me my hour. I also make uh, games out of it. So if I'm working on chipping and I want to work on my up and downs, I will chip and work on getting up and down, up and down. Um, and just keep, keep track of that because it's so important to uh, be able to have a good short game because we're not always going to hit it great. So you got to make sure you have a great short game uh, to make up for the days that we don't hit it so great. So on, on that note, just for love of God, get your putting strokes down. In a little bit here, I'm going to uh, bring in my two kids, and we're going to talk a little bit. It's family time, so I might as well, uh, since I am at home, might as well talk with the kids. Uh, they're excited to be interviewed. Um, they're both two awesome, awesome kids. Uh, it's been tough on them uh, in the sense of not being able to go hang out with friends, uh, n not being able to play the sports that, they're, that they were scheduled to play, uh, Saxon, my son, was getting ready to uh, play hockey. Uh, he got his, we got his skates. We got him everything. He was in learn to skate, and he was doing really, really well. 
uh, with it. And then this happened. Uh, Sailor, my soccer star, uh, she was uh, getting ready to, to join one of the select soccer teams out here in St. Louis and uh, getting ready to start their season. And then kaput. Uh, just like that, everything got canceled. So uh, it's been tough on them. Uh, it's been tough on me in the sense of I've had to learn to become a teacher of academia, which I will tell you I am not the greatest academic teacher. Uh, this Common Core has got me all wound up where I just don't understand what I'm looking at. It looks like uh, statistics. <laughs> To be honest with you, uh, Sailor draws four squares. I'm like, why are you putting the four squares down? This is how we do math, Dad. I'm like, oh, wonderful. So uh, on that note, um, I'm going to go ahead and grab one of my children and get them on and get them talking. But we still got to do schoolwork at home. Yeah, you got to, and that's through Google Class, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh. Do you get to see any of your your friends? Yes, we do it once. We do it once a week, at always normally at ten o'clock. And is that through like a an app or Zoom or something like that? Yes, it's Zoom. Do you miss your friends? Yes, I miss them a lot. Yeah. I wish I could see them. Well, at least you get to see them once a week. <laughs> yeah. Through a computer screen, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and. Uh, you're an awesome soccer star here. Is that true statements? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you were going to get ready to play uh, for a soccer team here in St. Louis. Um, and Sailor doesn't really realize this, but uh, my listeners are from all over the world, which yeah. is pretty neat, right? Yeah. Um, but she, do, you know, she, St. Louis is where your your soccer team is. Mhm. And you were getting ready to play, and then it got canceled. Yes, but. I still try to keep my moves going by doing them at home. I feel like it really helps and stuff. So, yeah. I try to get them to do that with golf, and they don't, they don't do it. Because we can't. We don't have any golf clubs, I think. <laughs> uh, they do have golf clubs from Callaway Golf. That's a plug. But I, they, they, uh, they haven't gotten to play a lot of golf this year. Um, we are going to try to play golf uh, this year uh, when we can, as soon as all this gets lifted, hopefully. Yes. Uh, but she does have a little natural swing that she uh, that she does like. She does like golf, but uh, soccer is her passion, and gymnastics potentially, right? Yeah, mom's trying to sign me up in tumbling. Tumbling is that, <laughs> and that's kind of like before gymnastics. Um. Is that like learning gymnastics before you actually? It's gymnastics and tumbling are. Different. That's what mom said. Tumbling is where you do flips. Gymnastics is where more like on the ground. Oh, interesting, interesting. So, what's your favorite movie? I like a lot of movies, but now this is a disclaimer, real quick, before she jumps into this. Most kids would probably say Frozen. Um, most kids or girls her age <laughs> would probably say Trolls, but. Uh, we just watched The Poltergeist <laughs> the last <laughs> night, did we not? Yeah. <laughs> That's one of her favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what is your honest, honestly, what's your favorite movie? Uh, yeah, I like scary-ish movies, so like probably like The Poltergeist or like The Meg. The, uh, Me the Meg is about a, uh, a big, big shark. The Megalodon, yes. 
and like then the Quiet Place, and there I think this is coming out home soon. The Quiet Place too. I can't wait, really wait to watch that. So, so she's like her dad. Uh, I love scary movies. I've always loved scary movies. Uh, growing up as a kid, my son does not like scary movies. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we both like scary movies, right? Mm-hmm. And we are currently watching the show that we've just finished. It's Amazing Stories. Yeah, we're watching Amazing Stories on Apple TV, plug number two. Um, so if you don't have Apple TV, get it, because Amazing Stories is actually pretty phenomenal. Yes. We watched all five episodes today. Uh, so I highly recommend uh, watching, watching uh, Amazing Stories. And they're about 40 to 30 minutes long. Yeah, so they're not too bad. It's a good movie to spend your time watching with family because they're not scary. It's PG. Some of them have language and violence. It's pretty, it's overall pretty kid kid appropriate, I would say. Over the age of 10, I would say you're okay. Under the age of 10, probably not so okay. But uh, if you have older children, or if you're just single and you're by yourself, Apple TV, uh, amazing stories. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So anything else you would like to tell everybody? Um, I hope you guys aren't, I mean, I hope you guys are having fun while you're in quarantine. I hope you guys find stuff to do while we're in quarantine. What's uh, your favorite game that we've been playing since uh, all this happened? Um, probably Diablo. Oh, Diablo on Xbox One. I was talking about maybe Speed. Oh, yeah, Speed. That's a really fun card game. Yeah, it is a fun card game. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, thank you, Sailor, for coming on. Thank you. Say goodbye to everybody. Bye. Hope you guys have fun while you're in quarantine. (laughs) So that's Sailor Lee, and I'm getting ready to bring in the uh, Master of Call of Duty. King of Fortnite. Fortnite. (laughs) Used to play Fortnite. I spent a true story. uh, In Christmas of this past year, Santa Claus brought brought him a hundred dollar gift card to Xbox One, and this young man decided, "Oh, I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on Fortnite." Uh, Please send a a Facebook on my uh, Between the T's Facebook page on how many of your kids spent a hundred dollars on Fortnite so far this year. So, Saxon, have a seat. I regret doing that. (laughs) (laughs) He still regrets doing that. So how are you holding up there, buddy? Overall, good. It's been really boring since all this whole pandemic thing just went on. And I was just, I was telling everybody before you hopped on that, uh, you were starting to learn to, to play hockey, and we got hockey skates. We did all the hockey stuff, and kapoof. <laughs> yeah. And you were doing really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then we just stopped, and then some of the stuff. I mean, I've been practicing on rollerblades at my, at my mom's house, but yeah. it's, it's not the same as ice skating and stuff. Right. So tell me about school. How's uh? Are you doing the same thing kind of with, like Sailor's doing? You're doing your homework, obviously, on Google Classrooms. Uh, 
you have a phone, so you get to Snapchat all your friends. Yeah. So how's that going? The snap uh, yeah. Um, it's pretty good. I mean, I'm, I like how I have uh, my phone so I can, like, talk to them and stuff. Uh-huh. And school-wise, school's going pretty good. Homework's pretty easy. I, I mean, it just takes, like, an hour and a half. So just so you guys know, uh, he did not uh, inherit his dad's brain. He got his mom's. I think Sailor got mine. I feel sorry for her already. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Saxon is a very, very bright. They're both very bright. I'm not going to lie. They're both very bright. Uh, but Saxon has a very uh, intuitive brain. W what do you want to be when you grow up? I. Uh, rephrase. Sailor wanted to be a veterinarian. So, Saxon, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to work for Boeing or NASA. So, as a 10, 11 year old, Almost 12. Well, we still got a few months away for that. I'm trying to hold off on that as much as possible. 12-year-old, um, and he's like, I want to be an engineer. I want to help design and build airplanes and helicopters and all that cool stuff. And one of my students is actually one of, is a director for Boeing, and hopefully he'll get, get to uh, take you over to Boeing and see all the cool stuff. And uh, I think it, for Florida, when we head down to Florida in January, uh, we're going to go over and see NASA. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, that was a surprise. Uh, so most kids usually, you know, they're like, I want to be an athlete or I want to be certain things. Like this young an man, an astronaut, this young man wants to work for Boeing. And so what's your favorite game to play during this time? Yeah. It's fun. I beat the campaign. That was fun. Yeah, he tends to, to beat games quickly. I uh, tried to get them outside with uh, just to get out in the open air, but uh, unfortunately, when they go outside, there's really, I mean, you got some things to do, right? Yeah, ride bikes, roller skate. But you can't really hang out with friends. I mean, you can do social distancing. You know, if you're riding your bike, you got to stay six feet behind them, right? <laughs> yeah, or next to them. Right. But, uh, and, you know, at my house, obviously all your friends live in another city, uh, comparable to here, but we tend to be rock stars here at the house. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to be able to get them on the golf course uh, when there's no one else at the club, so that way we can get out and be outside in the sunshine, mm -hmm. right? Well, yeah, the last couple of days back, it was actually really nice outside, so, and it was like a week in a row of niceness outside, and yeah. so I got to hang out outside. So, so this is our wonderful St. Louis weather. It was uh, 85 Wednesday, and I believe 84 Thursday, and then Friday it was 52. <coughs> so it dropped 30 degrees, and it's been cold the last couple days here, and it's going to be cold this upcoming week, and then it's going to warm back up. But that's our weather here in St. Louis, right? It's, you never know what we're going to get. Yeah, it's like like up and down, up and down. Yeah, it's like a it's like a severe roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is your favorite roller coaster? At Saint uh, Saint Louis Six Flags, my favorite roller coaster. I love going there. My favorite roller coaster there. I have two. Equally, my favorite is the Mister Freeze at again Saint Louis um, 
Six Flags, or Six Flags St. Louis, and Batman. What about not in St. Louis? Not in St. Louis. Roller coaster wise? Yeah. Uh, I've never been to another <laughs> roller coaster park in a different state or country. That is a, not a true statement. What? Wait. Where did you go to ride the Rip oh. Ride Rocket? Uh, Universal Studios. That ride was awesome. That was actually tr- probably my favorite <laughs> now that I think about it. And then all three of us, Sailor, you can hop on here. Uh, all three of us, we went to uh, Disney World uh, this past uh, time we were in uh, Florida. And we rode the Haunted Mansion ride. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or the Tower of Terror is what yeah, it was. Tower of Terror. That was Let me <laughs> say something really quick. I was scared out of my life. I was grabbing onto that. Yeah, like, it was a I scary was gonna, ride. Yeah, like I was going to die. <laughs> it felt like I was going to like, um, when you were getting, going down, it felt like I was just going to go up. Right. <laughs> yeah, so basically scary. the ride is like, it'll go, it starts like ground level and then it just shoots up crazy fast. And then it, right when you least expect it, it just goes down. <laughs> and, like, literally, your bottom goes off the seat. So, and, and you have seat belts on, obviously, but... Yeah, that was a good ride. It was it was actually really good, and it was, like, a scary ride. And I love thrill rides like that. They're my favorite. We also went to Universal Studios. Oh, yes. <laughs> and the Mummy Ride. The mummy ride was super fun. You go upside down, which I love. We didn't go upside down in the mummy yeah, ride. you go upside down like really quick. Remember? No. Oh, we did. It was like a side turn. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a ride there for. It's called the mummy uh, ride, and uh, I am not kidding you. We rode it three times. We had fast passes, so we rode three times, three or four times in a row. We literally got off the ride, went back to the front, got back on it, rode the ride, went back to the front. Uh, <laughs> Needless to say, Dad was a little bit uh, woozy after the third or fourth time we decided to ride it. It was an awesome ride. It was an awesome ride. You know what else was a really fun ride? That Harry Potter ride. Oh, yeah, the Harry Potter ride was also super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to make a quick uh, plug here uh, for Scout and Cellar, uh, Kendra Nowak. Uh, I'm actually drinking some of my wine right now. And it's amazing. It's very uh, uh, low in sugars, low, a very healthy uh, version of wine uh, that uh, we will, uh, myself and Kendra, will uh, be on uh, soon to kind of talk about how you guys can go about getting this wine. Uh, And if you have corporate events uh, and you want to do something awesome as far as like giving wine as a giveaway, uh, this wine is amazing, um, and we're, we're, we're going to be unleashing our, our ideas uh, to you guys here, hopefully in the next couple of weeks uh, or month. Uh, so I'll keep you posted on that, but um, definitely uh, Scout & Cellar is a wonderful, uh, wonderful wine to, to drink. On that note, we're going to go ahead and call it a, a, a night. Uh, I hope everybody is having... Uh, a safe and uh, productive quarantine. If you're not being productive, this is the time to come up with ideas. This is the time to be productive. Um, 
we could all sit here and do a bunch of nothing and just wait this thing out, or we can be productive. We can come up with new ideas, be creative, uh, expand our minds, and learn to not take life for granted because you never know when it's going to throw you a curveball. Everybody, thanks again. My name is Denny Walters. This is Between the T's. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you.